Hi friends, I'm Jillian, the host of Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up. Between landing your dream job, crushing your love life, learning to invest, mastering your mindset, and figuring out how to be happy along the way, there's a lot to navigate. I've learned firsthand that there's more than one way to adult and it's not always linear. So consider this show my love letter to taking the unconventional route creating new milestones, and carving out your own version of success. You're right where you should be. So join me every week as I call in the experts for unfiltered, game-changing advice on how we can all live our best lives. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi guys, I hope you are all doing great. We just celebrated our 200th episode last week, and I honestly can't believe it. It's so crazy that we have put out 200 episodes it feels like it's flown by so fast but I also thought about it and I can't even remember what my life was like before this podcast and I can't wait for the next 200 so thanks for being along for the ride and I am so excited for today's episode it's the first of a new series I'm trying out that I like to call I'm the problem it's me because it is very easy to come on a podcast every week and talk about all of the things that you're doing to be your best self and all of your accomplishments and the progress that you're making and everything that you're doing right. But the reality is I fuck things up all the time. And I probably learn the most when I realize that I am being the problem. Like sometimes I'm the problem. (laughs) So I'm going to start sharing those problems with all of you, just in case you guys can relate to and grow from some of these struggles that I think we all have. I think we all love to be the hero in our story, and we are, but as per Tay-Tay, sometimes we're also the anti-hero, and I think it's really valuable to look at all the ways that we are self-sabotaging or just getting in our own way and then acknowledging them out loud and normalizing it and then, you know, working through it. So think of this as adulting confessions. And today I am calling bullshit on myself for all of the complaining that I have been doing for probably the past year about how lonely I am, how isolated I feel, and how it feels like it's really impossible to meet people. And this goes for meeting new friends and networking and also for dating. I'm doing a lot of complaining about how I don't want to use apps. I want to meet someone organically. But you know what? You don't meet someone organically from your living room. And that is the position that I'm putting myself in. And what I've really started to notice that is problematic is that I have basically over-optimized myself out of human connection. And I talk about how much I want to connect with people and how I don't have it, but then in a quest to optimize every part of my life and to be super efficient and to you know, collect all the loyalty points on apps and to like adult hard, I have isolated myself from human connection. And I think this is an important point because I think we're all just trying to do our best and we're all trying to follow all of the advice out there on, you know, okay, well, we should be using loyalty cards and order th- ordering things in advance so that we can save time, save money, collect points, do all of these things. And you're, you're trying to do the right thing by doing that. I'll give you some examples in a sec. But in doing so, you're removing yourself from interacting with the world. So for example, I, to be a bit more efficient with my time and to also have an easier time like price matching things, I usually order all my groceries online. So the price that I'm actually paying for the delivery service is so small compared to how much money I generally save by being able to like go through on the app and choose, you know, the the things that are on sale or the most budget-friendly product. So I order my groceries online. That's fine, but it also means I used to go into a grocery store or a market every single week and 
have small moments of human interaction and just be a part of the world. I now do not do that at all. And another thing I do, I use like loyalty apps like Ritual to order my coffee or like order my takeout in advance so that when I show up and get my whatever breakfast sandwich, I don't have to wait in line after I order it and I collect the points. Or you do that at Starbucks. You like order it on the app in advance. You get your points. It feels great. Free things in the future. You show up. It's already ready to go. You pick it up. And the points are great. And I have given this advice on the podcast that we should all be doing this. But I also think it has resulted in me missing all those moments when you're waiting in line and you talk to people or where you actually talk to the barista or the person at the takeout counter. Like I'm showing up, not saying a word, grabbing the pickup and leaving. I don't know. It feels robotic. I still want the loyalty points and I still want to save money, but maybe it's half and half. And maybe sometimes I do need to go stand there amongst other humans and wait the freaking five minutes or sit down and enjoy myself there. This over-optimization can turn us all into these like automated robots that don't meet anyone else. I mean, I don't even go to stores anymore. I just order online. I'm like, nope, stores are overwhelming. I don't like malls. Time is money. I'm just going to order things online, try them on, send them back. I'm going to Amazon things instead of going to the local store because then I can save time. But like at what cost? What, what am I doing with that extra time? Am I actually doing better things with my life with the hour that I saved? I don't think so. That hour would have been better spent going out there and having interactions. And I'm not saying you're going to meet, you know, your future husband at Aritzia or your best friend, future best friend at Home Depot. But there's still so much value in those like micro moments of interacting with other humans, even if they don't become, you know, ongoing relationships. I actually heard on a podcast that research has found the number one contributor to a positive health span. So that's living long, like longevity, but also being healthy the entire time. It's human connection. It's not walking. Walking is great. It's not necessarily what you eat. That's important. It's not doing like brain exercises. It's human interaction. And they also proved that it doesn't need to be really, really deep relationships necessarily. Like they're not expecting 80-year-olds to have, you know, a crew of 10 best friends that they've known their entire lives. It's actually just exposure to human interaction daily in these like little micro moments. So it is talking to the coffee shop owner or it is going to the gym and chatting with someone that you might see there every week for a few minutes. Those small moments that bring us into a community have huge health impacts for us. And you can see it in the Blue Zone documentary, the the Live to 100 Blue Zone show on Netflix. The human interaction piece is huge. The sense of community, all of these elderly people coming together in their community and seeing each other and having rituals together, that's what's helping them live longer. From the research, I also saw that we don't get those positive effects from virtual interactions. So even on weeks when I'm at home and I haven't left the house much, I've been working from home. I haven't really seen any friends. I'm like, well, I've spent hours FaceTiming my friends who live in different countries. So I had some great catch up, some great human interaction. But studies show that doesn't create the same chemical response for us. So it's great to obviously maintain your relationships, even the ones that are at a distance, but you still need that in-person human interaction, connecting, looking each other in the eye, having some sort of a hug, a handshake, a high five, all of these things really, really matter for our physical and our mental health. And I think it's easy to feel 
like we have some sort of semblance of connection through social media, through Instagram, through these parasocial relationships, through FaceTime. But there's a reason we're in a fucking loneliness epidemic. And it is because we are all trying to feel connection through a device and it's not working. And I do this, like I'm so guilty of this and I need to stop my own bullshit because sitting at home on my phone and optimizing my life through all of these apps is doing nothing but isolating me. And I want community and connection so badly and I want to meet someone and I want to meet someone organically. So I got to change my ways. So here's what I think I need to do about it. Obviously, I need to stop trying to over-optimize everything using apps in the name of efficiency. I need to go out into the world. I need to go to grocery stores and markets and try chatting with people or just being friendly and having those little moments of connection that will make me feel happier in the long run. I also think I need to be more intentional about how I put myself out there. So there's like a few different approaches depending on who you want to meet. If I'm looking to meet like-minded people that I can be friends with or that could maybe be, you know, a good network for me in my career, obviously I need to go to places where people have a lot in common with me. So I need to go to places where there's other writers, other creatives to share spaces that encourage collaboration between people. Yeah, it costs a bit of money, but putting yourself in those rooms with other people that you can collaborate with down the road pays dividends. If I want to be focusing on wellness and health and maybe like spiritual practices, then I need to go to those classes, the the group workout classes, the other ships, the cold plunges, the meditation classes. I actually do that and it's, it's great, but I show up a minute before it starts because my toxic trait has been chronically late. And then The second the class is over, I just dart out, especially after workouts, because if you've ever seen me after a workout, I am a wet, sweaty tomato. I am disgusting. And so I don't want to interact with anyone, but I'm going to these group classes instead of working out at home and then I'm not interacting with anyone. So I'm, I'm kind of preventing myself from reaping the benefits of doing this in the first place. So I think I need to keep putting myself in those environments, but take it a step further and start talking to people. If I don't want to chat after the class, then I need to start getting there earlier and chatting with people before class, chatting with the instructor. Every time I go to a spin class and the instructor knows all of these people and is like calling them out and having these jokes with them. And I'm like, oh, I want that. I'm like, well, how would I ever have that? I've never stopped to talk to them. I'm in, out, done. So that's a big change I need to make. I think I know where to go to meet these like-minded people. I just need to do it more consistently and really start putting myself out there once I'm there. And then this is a really interesting thing I learned on Diary of a CEO on an episode with Paul Brunson. And this to me speaks more to dating and how I want to meet people to date. This is so interesting. The places you frequent really matter in terms of your likelihood of meeting someone and striking up like a flirtation or, you know, having someone be interested in you. So in this episode, they talk about this concept of the premium effect, which basically is if you are an anomaly in an environment, like you're essentially the minority in an environment, it psychologically creates like this scarcity effect where you become more interesting. People are more interested in you just by virtue of the fact that you were kind of the only one like you and they want to talk to you more and they want to learn more about you. And it makes so much sense because I find when I travel to places where I am, you know, I have a different accent or I look a bit different than other people, people talk to me way more. They come up, oh, where are you from? Or, oh, are you lost? And like, I stand out by virtue of being 
not like the rest of them. I also find if you are, you know, the only woman in a very male environment, it immediately sparks interest. Whereas if it was 50-50, you know, there's very diversified attention. And I think this makes a lot of sense to me because even in terms of, of meeting people, even in terms of meeting like dudes, I go to cafes that are so conventionally girly and like, it's just a lot of women working there. And that's great. If that's a day where I'm like, I want to make some friends, I should go there. But if it's a day where I'm like, I really would like to try to put myself in an environment and meet some people of the opposite sex, I am going to these like really nice girly things and then complaining that I never meet guys. So I need to shift where I'm going. I still want to go to places that resonate with me. I'm not going to go start going to like fucking sports bars to watch a football game by myself and pretend I'm interested because that is not true and it's misleading. It's a lie. And it's also a waste of my time to go and engage in something that I I really don't care about. But I think I could be a bit more intentional if I have a choice between multiple workout classes and I like them all. Try going to more of the ones that skews a bit more male. If there's a bunch of cafes that I really like, go to the one that maybe is like a bit more chill and I might actually stand out because it's a more male audience. My friend even pointed out the other day, she's like, you know, you put a lot of energy into trying to go into like creative spaces and, you know, maybe meet a a guy who's creative. But she's like, what if you went into environments where it's all business dudes? You would really stand out as like, oh, wow, she doesn't have a career like us. We want to learn more about it as opposed to a room full of creatives. It's like everyone's just peacocking who has done the most cool creative thing. So I'd like to be more intentional in that regard of choosing when I want to go out and meet people who are similar to me that I can bond with and also choosing to put myself in environments where we create that premium effect. It just creates an automatic talking point, puts like a little edge on a reason for people to chat with you and to like spark up a connection with you. And then lastly, I have really noticed I'm in California right now. And I think because most people here aren't actually from here, like it's such a transient place. Like people move away from home and come to California as opposed to Toronto, which is a place where most people were like born and raised in Toronto, I find comparatively like to LA. And because of that, the sense of community and family that is built here is so strong. And what it made me realize is when I'm at home, I use my social time with my friends as a reward after I've gotten all of my like productive things I need to do done. And that's fucked up. I don't need to earn time with people that I care about. I don't need to earn social time. Social time is so important to our well-being. And there's a reason I'm so like lonely and depressed generally at home. And it's because I'm falling into these habits that I think are very normalized in certain parts of the world where like productivity, doing your work, doing all of these things first. And then when you're done everything you need to do as a reward, you can go for a coffee with a friend or you can like grab dinner at the end of the night with a friend and you have these like pockets that you open up for socialization and that's it. And then here people are doing life together. Like groups of friends are like going grocery shopping together. They're like, hey, I got to go to Home Depot. Let's go get some plants. Let's go get everything done off of our list together. Everything becomes a possibility for community and socialization. And it's not, I have to run errands. I'll call you when I'm done. It's I'm calling you because I have to run errands. Do you want to come with me? And I think there's something really special about that. And it's really shown me how at home, like I am the problem. Like I am the reason I am isolated because I have created this pattern of, you know, when you get your shit done, you get a reward of social time. So I really want to start doing that, like habit stacking, doing tasks with people, co-working together with people, you know, social time doesn't need to be like this devoted 
we're facing each other and doing nothing else but catching up. It can just be like we're doing things that we have to do throughout our days and we're doing it together. Yeah, it doesn't sound as fun and sexy as like a great night out that we have in our 20s with our friends, but like, I don't know, man, time is becoming so scarce to hang out with people as we get older. I think there's a beauty in just doing life together. And so that is definitely something I need to do more of. And that's the plan. I've been doing a lot of that here in Cali. And I, I want to bring that back to Toronto with me and create more of that community. So I'm going to try all of these things. And I am going to have you guys hold me accountable and report back. And hopefully I will no longer be the problem. We weren't designed to be these efficient robots. And I definitely fell into, I think, listening to like too much self-help stuff and just trying to like make every hour of my day productive. And that's not it. It's not working for me. So wish me luck. If you guys also are having these issues, feeling isolated and trying to do all of these like adulting things that end up leaving you very alone for the sake of efficiency, hit me up. Let me know. I want to know if other people are experiencing this, if it's just me and what everyone's doing to kind of overcome that and find a balance between, you know, still getting shit done, but also prioritizing connection in the world. And thanks for tuning in for my very first uh, confession of many to come on all the ways we fuck up on a daily basis. We're working on it together. You got this. There you have it, friends. Thanks for listening. And make sure you're following along on Instagram at Teach Me How to Adult Media and on TikTok at Teach Me How to Adult. If you like what you heard today, it would mean so much if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. It really helps us grow the show. And if something in this episode really resonated, text it to your friends or screenshot it and share it on social. Wherever you are in your adulting journey, just remember you're not alone. My DMs are always open and I would love to hear from you. So hit me up with any topics or guests that you would like to hear about. See you next time. Bye.